With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Lamed Beis, page 32. We begin at the Mishnah. Elu nemarin bechol The following are said in any language. Parsha Sota, the Parsha, the whole chapter of the Sota, uvidui meiser, and when it comes to saying vidui, is coming to say confession in regards to the fact that one has taken out all of the meiser from his house. Kriya Shema, the Shema benediction, utvila, and prayers. Birkas Hamazon and benching, saying the grace after meals, Ushvuas Haedus, and the swear that one makes in regards to testimony, Ushvuas Habikadon, and the swear that one makes in regards to the fact that he hasn't touched an item that was placed in his care. So all of those can be said in any language. The following must be said in the holy tongue in Hebrew. Mikra Bikurim, the verses of Bikurim, when someone brings his first fruits to the base Hamidish to the temple, so he has to say a certain amount of verses. So those verses must be said in the original Hebrew. The Chalitza, the, the script between a man who is going to not marry his brother's sister, his brother's wife, I'm sorry. So there's a script that she says and he says, so that script has to be said precisely as the Torah says it in Hebrew. Brachasuklalis the blessings and the curses when the people of Israel came into the land of Israel. So they came to Har Evil, Har Grizim, these two mountains, and the Levim stood in the middle, and the people stood on either mountain, and they set out the, the blessings and the curses. So those had to be said in the precise Hebrew. Birchas Kohanim, the blessings of the Kohen has to be said in Hebrew. Birchas Kohen Gadol, the blessing of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest that he would say on Yom Kippur. Uparshas HaMelech, there was a certain reading at Hakel that the king would read, had to be done in Hebrew, Parshas Egla Arufa, the reading that the, the Chachamim, the certain sages would say, when they would say, our hands have not spilled this blood, so it has to be said in the original Hebrew, Mashuach Melchama, Vishash Medaber La'am, and the priest is anointed to lead the people in battle. So there's a whole script that he also has to say, so that also has to be said in the original Hebrew. Mikra Bikurim Ketzad, how does it work this that he reads Bikurim, when he brings the first fruits? So how do we know? Because it says, you should say in front of Hashem, your God, elsewhere it says, and the Levim, the Levites shall respond and say, this is in regards to the blessings and the curses on Mount Aval and Hargrizim, just like by the Levites, so they say in the original Hebrew, and they're going to see how we know that in the Gemara. So just like there, it's in the original Hebrew, Afkan Vlashna Kaidesh. So to over here, in regards to the verses that a person says when he brings his first fruits, it's also being done in the original Hebrew. Chalitza Ketzad. How do we know that the Chalitza, the action when she spits in his shoe when when the brother refuses to take his his brother's wife? So how do we know that that has to be done in the original Hebrew? The Ansav Amra. The verse says the Ansav Amra. She shall respond and say, And elsewhere it says that the Levites respond and say. Just like by the Levites is being said in, in the original Hebrew, so too over here has to be said in Hebrew. Rabbi Yehuda says, The verse says, How do we know that a woman has to say it in the original Hebrew? Because it says, This way. Because the Torah wants us specifically to say it in this way, in this original Hebrew. How did it work in regards to the blessings and the curses? When the Jews passed over the Jordan River, they came to Mount Grizim, and to Mount Evil, that they're in the Shomron, 
that are on the side of Shechem, the city of Shechem, Shebe Eitzel Eilene Moira, which is corresponding to Eilene Moira, in other words, the verse says, etc. They are on the other side of the Jordan, so the verse describes the exact location. Elsewhere it says, Vayavor Avram Be'eretz Admakam Shechem. We're explaining now how do we know that Elone Mora is right next to Shechem because it says in the verse in regards to Avram Avinu that he went to the place of Shechem Ad Elon Moira. He went to the place called Elon Moira. Ma Elon Moira Hamara Lahalon Shechem. Just like we see by Avram, it says Elon Moira. It's referring to the place that's near Shechem. Af Elon Moira Hamar Khan. So to the Elon Moira that it says over here in regards to the blessings and the curses, Shechem. It's also referring to Shechem. Six of the tribes went up to the top of Har Grizim, to Mount Grizim. And six of them, six of the tribes went up on top of Har Avon. The Kohanim, the priests, and the Levites, and the Aron, the Ark of the Covenant, they're all standing in the middle, in between the two mountains. The Kohanim surround the Ark. And the Levites surround the, co- the priests. All of the Jews are from either side. The verse says, So this is a verse in Joshua. All of the, the Israelites and the elders and the policemen and the judges, they stood on either side of the ark, etc. They first turned their faces towards Mount Grizim. And they started off with a blessing. Blessed is the man who will not make any kind of idolatry. Everyone answers, Amen. We agree. Then they turn their faces towards Har Evil, to Mount Evil. They spoke about the curse. Cursed is the one who will make any kind of idolatry. Everyone agrees, everyone says, Amen. Until they finish all of the blessings and the curses. Afterwards, they brought these stones, and they built an altar, and they covered it with cement, and they wrote upon it all of the words of the Torah, in 70 languages, as the verse says, as the verse says, it was explained well. Interestingly, Marsha says, if you take the word and you write, and you take the gematria of the hey, and the hey and the yud, and then the hey and the yud and the tes, and then the hey, yud, tes, bays, meaning you progressively take one letter, and then the two letters, and the three, and then the four, so you add up the gematria of all that, it equals 70. V'natlu es ha'avanim, and they took the stones, u'ba'u, and they came, v'lanu b'mekamen, we turn to the 32b, v'lanu b'mekamen, and they slept in that place. Now we begin the gemara. Parsha Sota Minolan, how do we know in regards to Sota that it does not need to be said in the original Hebrew, as the verse says, and we're going to go with Rashi's gear, so Rashi changes it to Ve'omar El Ha'isha. The verse says, and he shall say it to the woman, Be'chaloshan Shehishemaz. From this we learn out that it can be in any language as long as she understands it, she hears it, because he has to say it to her. So that implies that she needs to hear it, and therefore it's in any language that she can hear. Tanar we learned in a brisa. We say it to her in any language that she can understand. What are we telling her? We're telling her what she's drinking for. And with what she's going to drink with. What was the cause of her becoming impure, of her having relations with someone who is not her husband? And in what cases will she indeed become impure? So now we're going to explain each of these. What is she drinking for? Al iske kine al iske kine vistira 
for this whole matter where she was warned and she was alone with that man. What is she drinking with? With a cup of earthenware. Aman it means what was it that caused her to become impure? Al Iskes by behaving in a joking and childish manner. What's going to cause her to become impure? We explain that it depends on if it was done accidentally, if it was done intentionally, if it was done completely, she was forced or it was done willfully. Why do we do so much? Why do we explain so much? We need her to understand exactly how it's going to work. So if she doesn't blow up, she doesn't think that it's because she didn't do something wrong or she did do something wrong. She needs to understand everything so that nothing comes out that she doesn't think there's anything wrong with the waters themselves. So the Gemara continues with the next piece in the Mishnah. So it said that, that we don't need to say in the original Hebrew the confession that a person makes when, they, when they're saying that they have gotten rid of all of the mice from their house, how do we know this? Because it says, You should say in front of Hashem your God, That I destroyed all of the holy stuff from my house. We learn out the fact that it says, Amira, the speaking, we learn it out from Sota. But that it can be in any language that he speaks. Why don't we learn that from the fact that it says over here, Amira, that there was some kind of speech, and also says Amira in regard to the Levites at the whole uh, blessings and curses. Just like by the Levites, it has to be done in Hebrew. So too over here, it should have to be done in regards to the, the confession that a person makes over his miser. So the Gemara says, Done an Amira greatata me Amira greatata. We learn out an Amira where it says only Amira from another place where it says only Amira. Vein done an Amira greatata me Ania va Amira. And we don't learn out over here it says Amira, it just says, and he shall say. But by the Levites it says, and they will respond and say. So therefore we don't learn it out from there. Tanya Rabshim ben Yechai Omer, Rabshim ben Yechai says, Adam Amishivchai bekal namoch, Ugnus bekal ram. Person says his praises in a very soft voice, but he says his negative attributes in a very loud voice. min How do we know that a person says his praises in a very soft voice? We see that from the confession that a person makes in regards to miser, because a person would say that quietly, and he's saying how he did the right thing. He did what he's supposed to do. ram. How do we know that the fact is that a person says a negative attribute about himself in a loud voice? Mimikrabikurim. We see it from the fact that in regards to Bikurim, the first fruits, so we're saying something negative, and it's said out loud. Ugnus Bikurim, is it true that a person says a negative thing out loud? Didn't Rabbi Yechanan say, in the name of Rabbi Ben Yechai himself, why did we say that a person should say the prayers quietly? In order that we not embarrass those who have transgressed any kind of transgression. Because we learned from Hashem Himself. Hashem taught us that where does a person who's bringing a carbon chatas, a sin offering, where does he bring it? He brings it in the same place as an ola, which is not brought for any kind of sin. And this is so that people shouldn't know. You shouldn't be embarrassed. So we see that you shouldn't say your negative attributes in a, in a loud voice. So the Gemara says, don't say, we don't mean that a person is saying his negative attributes in a loud voice, but rather we're saying that we say a person who's saying, talking about some kind of pain that he had to, had to undergo, so that's said out loud. So that's what we're referring to when he said, Arami Overa Vi. One of the things that a person would say when he was bringing his Bikurim, his first fruits, he would say that, My great grandfather, so love and tried to destroy my nation. So that's something which is a negative thing. So 
here we're saying instead of it just being a negative thing that my great-great-grandfather was this guy Lavan who was a bad person, actually we're saying it's something negative in that it's something that was painful, that this guy Lavan was trying to run after my great-great-grandfather Yaakov. As we learned in Abraisa, the Tame Tame Yikra, we find in regards to the Metzora, a leprous person, so he calls out that he is impure. He needs to inform everyone of his pain. And this way, everyone will say for him, they'll pray for him, and, and he'll get better. Anyone who something has happened in Tzarchlai Dila Rav, has to let the public know. And they'll pray for him. Kufa, we come back to something we said previously. Why do they say that prayer should be said quietly? In order that we not embarrass those who have sinned and they're asking God for forgiveness in their prayers. Because we see that Hashem did not make a distinction between the place of the Chathas and the Ola. They're both brought, whether a person is bringing a, a korban, a sacrifice for the fact that he sinned or not, they're both brought in the same place so that the person not be embarrassed. Is it true that there's no difference between them? We see that we can tell the difference between which carbon, which sacrifice is being brought in regards to the way the blood is being sprinkled. The, the blood of a sin offering is sprinkled above. And the, and the blood of an ola is sprinkled below. So it's possible to tell. So the more answered, no. There only the coin is the one who knows what's going on. Because no one else can really see what's happening on the inside. So the Gemara asks, wait, but we still see that there is a distinction. We know that a sin offering is brought, it's a female. Whereas an Ola, which is not a sin offering, so that's brought as a male. So the Gemara answers, So there, it's not a problem. No one can really tell because the female, so it has a tail, and the tail will cover up the fact that it's, it's, not, that it's a female. No one will be able to tell which type of, if it's a male or a female. That makes sense if we're talking about a sheep being brought, which is a female. And that's what he's bringing for his sin offering. What can you say if you're bringing some kind of goat, a female goat, because the goat doesn't have a long tail to cover up its private parts. So everyone will know what it's, that this person is bringing a sin offering. So the answer is, He's the one who's causing himself embarrassment. Because he should have brought a, a sheep and not a goat. Nevertheless, he brought a goat. Wait, the Gemara says, what about a sin offering of someone who did idolatry? That he doesn't have a choice. He must bring this animal whose tail is not long, this goat. What are you going to say? So there it seems like that he will be embarrassed. As the Gemara answers, we, The Torah specifically wants him to be embarrassed. This way he'll get an atonement for his sin. Since his sin was so great, therefore the Torah specifically wanted him to be more embarrassed. Kriyas Shema. So we said Kriyas Shema can be said in any language. So the Gemara says, Minolan, how do we know this? The Chsiv is the verse says, Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. Becholashen Shatashemeya, in any language that you can hear, in any language that you understand. Tan Rabbanon, we learned in Abraisa, Kriyas Shema, Kiksava. Divir Rebbe. Rebbe says it has to be read the way it's written, meaning you have to say it in Hebrew. Chachamim, Amr Bekolashen. Chachamim say no, it can be done in any language. My time with the Rebbe, what's the reason of Rebbe? Amr Akra, the verse says, Vehoyu. The verse says, Vehoyu Hadvarim Ha'ele. These words should be upon your heart. So the word vahayu bahaviyasan yihu. It means that they have to remain in their present state. Meaning they have to be read in Hebrew. Rabbanon, the Rabbanon, Amar Kras Shema. The rabbis say, listen, it says, the verse says, Shema, which means Bechaloshan Shata Shema, any language that you can understand. So now the Gemara says, Rabbanon Nami Haksiv vahayu. What do the rabbis do with the verse vahayu? This is teaching you that it has to be in its current state, meaning you can't read it out of order. You have to read it in the proper order. 
Rebbe know that? From the fact that it says an extra hey on the word hadvarim, it's telling you it has to be in this order, in this order. And the rabbis they don't learn out from any extra hey's. Rabbi Nami, so Rabbi also Haksiv Shema. The verse says here, which implies that it can be in any language that you understand. Rabbi says, no, that verse teaches us that you have to be able to say it loud enough so that your ears can hear it. That which you're saying out of your lips. Rabbanan Sabri, the Rabbanan hold. Sabri Lakeman, the Amr, they hold like the one who says, That the one who says Shema and he did not say it out loud, nevertheless, he is Yotze, he has fulfilled his obligation. Now the Gemara asks, Lema Kosava Rebbe, shall we say that Rebbe holds, we turn on to Lema Gimlam and Aleph, page 33a, Kalatayra Bechol Lashanemra. This seems to imply that he holds that the whole Torah can be said whenever you want, you can say it in any language you want. Because if it's true that you only are allowed to say Torah over in Hebrew, then why would the Torah have to specifically say that you have to say Kriya Shema in Hebrew? You always have to say it in Hebrew. So why does the Torah have to say that you have to specifically say it in Hebrew? It must be that always he holds that it does not need to be said in Hebrew. So the Gemara answers no istrich. It could be that he holds that the Torah always can be said only in Hebrew. So why does it have to specifically say it here? Because since the verse said Shema, that implies it can be said in any language. So that's why we have to come on to Vahoyu to tell you that no, it can only be said in Hebrew. Let us say that the rabbis hold kola tarakula, blushin kaidesh nemra, that the whole, whenever you want to say over Torah, it has to be said in Hebrew. Because if it would be true that they could say it in any language you want, Shema of Rahman Alamali, why does the verse have to say Shema specifically to tell you that you could say it in any language? Of course you can, you can always say the Torah in any language. So my answer is Itzrich. No. It could very well be that the rabbi told that you can say the Torah all the time in whatever language you want. So why would you think not that way over here? Because Mishum Vahayu. From the fact that the verse says Vahayu, you might have thought that this is telling you that it has to be specifically said in Hebrew. So that's why it says that's why it says Shema to teach you that no it can be said in any language you wish.